At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What do you love most about life while black? What do I love most about life while black? Our culture is just so vibrant. Mm-hmm. Break it down. We, oh, trust me, I am. We are, we're, we're just filled with so much energy. You hear a beat drop, we're dancing. Mm-hmm. You see art, we're painting. Like, we are such a vibrant culture. True. Just even historically, if you go over to Africa, they're dancing in the streets. The level of positive energy and just brightness that we exude and give off, it's just, it feels good. And that's why people are so drawn to us. This is who we are as a people. We're just some of the most powerful beings. Powerful being. Powerful being. Powerful being. Powerful being. Powerful being. Powerful being. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. I'm glad to have you here with us again. Art is not here. He is out handling some family business, but we've got a dope co-host in his place. You probably remember Melanie from an earlier episode on code switching. Now I want to give her a quick lift. Code switching to this day is still our number two most popular episode. People just seem to really, really relate with it. So Melanie, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm sad it's number two. (laughs) Who beat me? beat me. It's okay. Social justice. Oh, that was a really good one. Yeah, social justice. That's That's, the number one. Good. Well, today's topic is one that's been requested. People want information on how to go and grow, like we say all the time, how to get from where they are to where they want to be, how to turn those dreams into some type of reality. And our guest today, I think, is spot on in helping you to figure out how to do that, how to harness the power inside of yourself, how to recognize the power of faith, how to put the two together and create a behavior that puts you in a place that you really, really want to be. So, I don't want to waste any time today. I want to jump right in. Our guest today is Ms. Arian Simone. She is a fun, fly, fabulous entrepreneur, speaker, influencer, and author, and I'm sure much more. She's a graduate of FAMU. And while I'll forgive her for that, I'm a graduate of Southern University, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Southern University. (laughs) We got two fam you graduates. I know, right? The illustrious. We don't need to start that conversation. We love all HBCUs. I'm outnumbered, so I'm going to let that ride. We love all HBCUs. We love them all. That that is my heart, for sure. After fam you, she found herself in California and homeless for a time, living out of her car. But where most people stopped looking for something greater and fighting for more, she didn't. And ultimately created what will become an extremely popular PR 
servicing firm. And she's done so much more since then. So I want to introduce Arian Simone, author of Fearless Faith Plus Hustle, to Wild Black. Welcome, man. How are you? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you here. So what I want to do real quick is I want to take 30 seconds or a minute. And I just want you to tell the people a little bit more about who you are, because Lord knows I didn't get it all in my little spiel. Break it down just a little bit more. Oh, my gosh. Um, professionally, I'm now a best-selling author, a mm. philanthropist, an entrepreneur. I'm like a serial entrepreneur and just a lover of positive vibes. I'm also an angel investor. And we got the right one today. We got the right <laughs> well, one. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So, our listeners know we do what we call wild black stuff. We're going to change it up today because we're talking a little bit about faith. So, we're going to keep it clean today, listeners. You understand how we do. So, we got our wild black <laughs> stuff. They, they're used to us flexing back and forth. <laughs> we cuss on here. Right, because sometimes it gets, <laughs> it gets raw. Uh-huh. We had we had Half Mile Home, who's a, a big gospel group. We didn't curse at all. It's still a great show, so we're going we gonna to see how this goes today. So, you ready for this wild black stuff? Yes. You're kind, right? Very. Right, kind-hearted, giving, I am. I'm, forgiving. I'm very generous. I am. I'm okay. forgiving, too. Okay, cool. So, I'll share my perspective on this after, but think about it this way. You have a super kind heart. And at the Black People Barbecue that we talk about all the time, you're manning the door. Four guests are approaching. Kanye West, Stacey Dash, Amarosa, and Clarence Thomas. They all walk up together and they all want to come who in. who I'm going to let in. Right. Who are you going to let in? You're going to let in one. Who are you going to let in? Now, keep in mind, letting them in is forgiving them completely. They are back in the fold. I think it would be Kanye. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I think that the reason why he gets so much criticism is, like how Melanie even mentioned, a therapist, I think it's due to more so trauma. And I think that's a more easier way to let somebody back into the barbecue. I'm with you. Um, Stacey, I don't think she'd really show up. So (laughs) (laughs) um, we don't know if Amorosa's coming or not coming. Like... (laughs) And Clarence Thomas is just no. So I say Kanye <laughs> is who I'm letting in the door. I like that. You. I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I say because up until more recent occurrences, he would have definitely been in the room. Yeah. yeah. He might have been on the grill. Exactly. Yeah, he might have been on the grill. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, yeah, it's, it's definitely Kanye. Melanie, what do you think? I'm a, I, I am a Kanye fan now. I'm not a fan of his antics as of late, but I think in his heart, I think that's, he's, I think he's misunderstood because what is in his heart and how he communicates it sometimes doesn't resonate with its intended audience. But I think as at his core, he really believes in what he says and what he does. And so I don't I, I don't hate Kanye. Now, will I? Well, I don't hate yeah. any of those people, yeah. but I can't let them all into the barbecue. Yeah, I think I think Kanye would love to be there. Yes. You know what? That's a better way to put Stacey that. doesn't want to be there. No. To your point, she does Exactly. That's a very good way to put that. He wants to be there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a very good way to put that. Because he does. You see, he's hosting church now in the backyard. <laughs> he is. I wanted to fly and go that. one time. I was so upset. I was like, oh my gosh. I would definitely let Kanye in. Now, my perspective is a little bit different. I agree that he wants to be there. But I have a, I have a fundamental problem with canceling in the first place. I just... Much like you said about being forgiving, I am mm-hmm. the kind of person, like, 
I think that if all of our mistakes and our past transgressions were used to measure us today, like where would we be? Mm -hmm. So I'm a much bigger fan of like no canceling, lots of counseling. Like that's that's where I am with that. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to keep this thing going. This is our favorite question. It's a staple question on Wild Black. What do you love most about life, Wild Black? What do I love most about life, Wild Black? Our culture is just so vibrant. Mm-hmm. Break it down. We, oh, trust me, I am. We are, we're, we're just filled with so much energy. You hear a beat drop, we're dancing. Mm-hmm. You see art, we're painting. Like, we are such a vibrant culture. True. Just even historically, if you go over to Africa, they're dancing in the streets. The level of positive energy and just brightness that we exude and give off, it's just, it feels good. And that's why people are so drawn to us as a people. You're about to have me crying in here. It, it mm-hmm. feels good. Um, so that's what I love. And I grew up, like I say, I do have much pride about growing up in Detroit, Michigan. We were the only city that was 88% black at the time mm-hmm. when I grew up in Detroit. I see you coming and through the stats. we that. had, that's all I saw was black succeeding and just going after their dreams. And when people saw the Cosby show and thought that it wasn't real, no, this was our day-to-day life. You know, right. this is who we are as a people. We're successful. Um so, yeah, I love living, of course. I, I know. I, I love this. I love being Black. Um, but, yeah, just but culturally, just who we are, we're just some of the most powerful beings. That's a true story. I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. I, can't wait to, I can't wait to get into some of the details of your book when you start talking about the combination of faith and hustle. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll be quiet on that, but I'm, I'm excited about that piece. All right, I want to get into the dope quote real quick. And the dope quote anchors the entire episode. It's the basis of the episode. And I think it's applicable today, especially given what you talk about. So the dope quote is this. I am what time, circumstance, history have made me, certainly. But I am also much more than that. So are we all, James Baldwin. And the reason I like that quote so much, especially in combination with the message that you speak is that I think too many of us limit ourselves to our experience, to what we were yesterday or to how we grew up. And we fail to reach our potential because we fail to dream further than we can see. I think we also fail to live in our faith. And I think that the combinations of the stories in your book and your life as an example speak to James Baldwin quote about, we are all of these things, but we are so much more And so not only does the world not recognize that, but oftentimes we don't recognize it. So tell me a little bit about how you feel about that quote and then tie it to what you're doing now. Oh, my gosh. Um, One thing I can say, when you first, when you said dope quote of the day, I came with a quote in my head because I thought I was supposed to give you the dope quote of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't do that to you. I, I was ready for it. But until you said that, I think my previous answer about just who we are as a people, when you reference time and circumstance and, you know, just how we as a people have overcome so much um, and who we are. And then you said, but we're so much more than that. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is just so true. So I guess when you were giving the quote, I honestly was more so still in where we were just speak what we were just speaking right, about. Right, right. Just the power that we have within ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so that's where I was at, honestly, with, with the quote. I think it's dope. Melly, what do you think, ma'am? I think um and when I think about the quote and I think about 
Arian Simone as a guest and her struggles and everything that she's been through and knowing, like, I've been to her house in Detroit and seeing <laughs> your family and knowing who you are and where you are today, it's just amazing to see. And it's like, I think about some things in your past that may have been a hard time for you in that moment and how you're so much more than that moment. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a beautiful thing to see. So oh. if you if the if the listeners don't know, I've known Arian for just about, about 18 years. <laughs> um she happens to be a line sister of mine. Right. We, From the illustrious the illustrious Delta Sigma Theta at Florida AM. So we were beta alpha chapter deltas. But you rambled all that off. When quick, I tell quick. you when I tell you Arian Simone has been not only to her peers, she oh, has been a mentor. <laughs> um, she you were has, actually blushing. I, I was like, about to I cry. wanted to get into. <laughs> Start that. I was like, oh lord, here we no, go. So I wanted oh. to get it. I should have. I should have wrote your the peers intro. to speak highly mm-hmm. of you. That that's a true testament to your character. That's true. Mm-hmm. The people who know you best, yes. if they're saying good things about you, you must be doing something. Like right. she's not a stranger. <laughs> and I've seen, I mean, I've seen Arian in college when we were in undergrad employ her colleague, like her her classmates. She she opened up a store in the mall. Mm-hmm. And I've I've never known a person from Detroit that doesn't have this innate hustle that's gonna do <laughs> whatever it is. You're gonna have multiple streams of income. But watching you, you know, opening up a store in the mall to starting to have your first conferences and retreats to writing her first book and now her second book. It's just amazing to see. And so when I think about how she's grown over time and how she's deepened her relationship with God, it's just a beautiful thing to see. So I could talk about where we were on the set back in when we were 19, 20 years old, but I can also talk about how she has grown into who she is today. And I just, I am her fan. I cheerlead for her. She I does. love watching her Insta stories. So if See, you, I got all these tears. <laughs> Please, if you have not followed Arian Simone like on Instagram, she she's constantly posting content that's going to make you feel good. So thank you. Thank mm. you. <laughs> that authenticity was real. It was. Don't cry. <laughs> so. Thank God I didn't wear makeup. Slightly <laughs> off topic. I love to see, like, real Black relationships. Because I do think that we fail at that. Not holistically, but way, way too often we are competitive instead of cooperative. And I, I love I love to see that. Oh, no, I'm a people person. I love people. That's good. So that's, that's difficult for me to... I, I'm very relational. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a thousand friends. <laughs> like, she, and she shows up for all of them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just love people. So, yeah. Well, like, I think that creates an opportunity to kind of transition into, like, the core of the interview. I, I, when someone is done listening to today's interview, I want them to have a good game plan to set their friends up to talk about you the way Melanie just did. Aww. Like, I, I think that if we, can get to, if we can get to a point where they feel better about how to build those relationships and how to drive themselves forward while pulling their people with them, then I think we found some success. And on a while, like we get a lot of guests, I'm sorry, a lot of listeners who ask, how do I do what they do? How do I go from here to there? So today I'm so glad to just sit back, have a very less um, less controversial topic and talk about some stuff. Let's talk about the internal as opposed to the external. We spend a lot of time focused, focused externally here. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm definitely ready. All right. You need a napkin or anything like I'm that? I'm fine. Tissue? <laughs> I'm good. Make right. can stay. Cool. All right, so 
What does it mean to be fearless? And, and why has this become your mantra? Oh, my gosh. Um, to be fearless means to be back to our original state for when we first got here. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, well, you have children. If right. you can look at Melanie's young children, any child between the ages of one to four, that's what they are. The other day somebody said, oh, how would you explain to basically a young child how to be fearless? And I said, I wouldn't explain to them anything. Mm-hmm. And they said, why? I said, because they already are. I said, her children don't know that they can't swim. They will jump into the pool and have themselves a good old time, mm-hmm. whether it's eight feet, two feet, or 12 feet. They don't have a knowledge of that. Right. Um, fear is a learned behavior. True. So that's something that you learn through time. So I definitely would say that's what being fearless is, is just getting back to that state. I make a lot of bold moves in my life, mm-hmm. and I, I take a lot of courageous steps because I haven't lost whatever that is in that one to four stage. Right. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. I've, I've never thought about it in terms of we are born fearless and just tend to forget how to be that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think about a lot of the things that I've done, and I, I tell people all the time that I'm ignorant because I'm too ignorant to understand the difficulties that really lay ahead of me if I try mm-hmm. this. But I like the word fearless much better. But there's, a, there's a beauty in what you're saying. There's a beauty in naivete. Right. There true is. Story. If I don't know that there's a ceiling, it's never going to be there for to stop. That's me. true. So tell me this. Um, the next question originally read, um, how did you find out that you were fearless? But I want to, based on what you said, I want to tweak it just a little bit. When, did, when was it that you think you forgot you were fearless? And how did you remember? Oh, that's good. Um, when did I think that I forgot that I was fearless? I think I have moments all the time. Mm. I think it's part of our journey as being a human being. Right. Um, but I do have things that I can go back in my toolbox and I'm like, okay, you need to go for this. Um, and honestly, right now, I'm in a very, if I can go a little off script. Please. I'm in the a, script is yours. I'm in a I'm very um, new state, I guess you would say. Right. All the ventures that me and my, my, well, my team, my business are focused on, they're new ventures right now. Right. Like, I just started a venture capital fund. That's a whole new territory for me. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're raising capital. We're raising these dollars. We're investing in women of color. And I'm back in our communities on a seed level and pre-seed level. And it is. It's, it's scary because it's, it's new territory for me. I, my PR marketing business, I can run circles around that. Right. Like, right. I can put you together a movie campaign in two seconds flat, and it's going right. to be good. And I don't even have to blink an eye. Gotcha. Um, but right now, I'm definitely in a new space. Um, we're developing an app right now. I'm in a new space with that um, to keep people connected and inspired and things of that sort. So everything right now is just very, very new. And I'm like, okay, this is somewhat, at first, I was like, this is kind of somewhat scary. I'm like in all new territory. I'm right. not in anything familiar. And then that's when I'm like, okay, you have to pull back. Right, right. <laughs> so, so you're the same college student that, like she said, went and opened up a store and employed my peers and ran right. payroll as a kid. I'm like, and met payroll. So right. I'm like, you, you're that same person. So you're going to have to pull back. I'm like, you're the same girl that would, you know, speak in front of thousands on a mic as a 10-year-old. You're still that same person. Right. So I would definitely say, not that it's forgotten as part of the experience of life, but right now... I am definitely in a very, very new space right. um, from a business standpoint where I'm like, okay, you're going to have to pull from some places because you got to make this happen. Right. 
But you mentioned venture capital, mm-hmm. and forgive me, like that one, that one slipped me. I didn't see that in the research. Do you you know? have, and I, I, we just had our close, um, so I have yet to announce any of this publicly. Okay, so okay. I guess okay. I'm talking now. It'll be, it'll be a couple um, weeks for this kids out, so it, 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 it might be matter. out and ready. It is what it is. It's regulated by the SEC. <laughs> All my papers <laughs> are filed with the government. Um, like so. I'm part of myself. Like, how did you miss that? How did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't okay. placed it in a bio. I just briefly started talking about. Okay. We've had two pitch competitions. We invested a hundred thousand in one, invested nice. fifty thousand in another. We're raising millions right now, so it's just it's a it's a new space, and it's so a, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and business owners. Is this something that you can share with them? How to find you? How to submit? How to learn more about um, what you're doing? You can email me info at ariansimone.com. Look out for our pitch competitions. Um, I have Thank a great me later, listeners. Great <laughs> advisors, great mentors in this space. Um, one of my mentors is a black woman. She's raising right now $100 million. Right. And honestly, on the VC industry, there's probably very few blacks that are right. even in the space. I'm talking like under 50. Right. I'm, I'm, like it's that few. I think few. it was 500 funds, something like that. They hired a black woman maybe five years ago because I was looking for one at the time. And mm-hmm. she was like the first. Yeah, and this, and uh, she was probably like you said. You said she was at a firm. Mm-hmm, she was. That's my point. Like starting their own funds. There's. Mm-hmm. It was it's like hard. I know when I started this journey, it was like 27. So and and the other thing is too that you're focusing on uh, funding women of color. women of color because we're the least funded. Love that. So like 2017, it was like now more money has gone through VC. But I remember the stats when we were starting 2017. It was like 85 billion dollars right. had circulated amongst VC money. Of that, two percent went to women. Of that, point zero two percent. It's such a disconnect to re- recognize that black women are starting businesses at a faster rate than are any than is anyone else, and also and funded the funded least. least. That that doesn't that yeah. doesn't work right. It doesn't. But there in the in our community, there's a lack of mentorship, there's a lack of funds, and there's a lack of network. Right. Right. So that's also why that they're not. Um, a lot of them aren't also sustaining because they don't have the same support. Right. That people from other cultures have as far as um, building them. And to be quite transparent on this podcast, um, all of our investors don't look like us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to get this thing even going, you, you know, open I was, it up. Yeah. yeah. So it just is what it is. A lot of the resources. Um, but that's okay, right? Take the money, invest the money. <laughs> it's okay. No, grow it is. It's working okay. Because right. we, we're raising right now, we're in a serious fundraising phase. So we just, it is what it is. Right. Money doesn't know color, just people know color. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because when you start looking at some of the VCs of color without calling anybody by name, but a lot of them are very center focused where there's not a lot of camaraderie amongst other VCs of color. And part of that is like, I've made it here, so I can be the only one. I see that a lot of times. And so when I hear that not only are you taking money but you're also investing in in, in black businesses and businesses of, of, of color. That to me is something that's going to put you in a completely different category. Great. Oh, thank you. So a moment ago, you mentioned not having a strong enough like black network or things like that. Just in general, from a VC standpoint, and oh, in that well. in that right. industry, yeah, because right. that industry is also new, though. Right, very much so. Yeah, it's like 50 years. But it it makes me think, I want to tie it back to just the topic that we've been talking about today in general. So in order to strengthen that network, not necessarily of yours, but the black community in general, how do people find their own fearlessness? And what does that look like 
in daily practice, right? Because it's one thing to hear someone say, mm-hmm. be fearless. And I know you go in, in depth in teaching and talking about it, but the bite-sized delivery that you can give today, how do people practice? I got you. So I will relate that back to my book, Fearless Faith and Hustle, which is a 21-day devotional journey. And in the book, there's exercises to do every single day. Right. So there's prayers, there's scriptures, there's declarations that you have to say. So pretty much trying to build you up and get you back to the place of, like like I said, who you originally were. And before, you know, the world just projected its fears upon you. So I'm definitely a very big believer that these tools work, which is why like I said we've the app is almost like an offspring to the book. Right. And to also networks that I've created. So when you go on the app, there's like daily declarations for you right. to say. There's daily goal settings for you to do. You list your desires. There's daily inspirations for you to read just so that you can continue to um, impart that type of content that's right. going to build you up and pour into you. I'm a very big believer that what you visualize, you materialize. Right. So I'm very conscious of who I follow and what I follow on social media. I'm very right. conscious of what I'm watching on TV. Just those daily practices. I, I believe that we are co-creators with God. I believe in the power of manifesting things um, in my life. I, I know that it's real. I've witnessed it. I believe in acting as if it is already done and moving in that vein. So that's what I can say just like in a nutshell. Um, I will relate that back to my book. Just having those daily practices right. as part of your life right. um, definitely helps you walk out your in your purpose much better. Right. So since you brought the book up, one, I love the title. Oh, thank um, you. But as you as you talk about faith plus hustle, explain to our listeners what each means to you and then how they tie together to help deliver fearlessness. For me, my my religious background is that I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says basically faith without works is dead. Right. So this is basically fearless faith plus works. Hustle is just energetic works. Right. So I know if I can put these two things together, that it's alive. Right. Because if the other is dead, then this is living. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's it. Okay, cool. Can a person be both fearful and fearless at the same time? At different moments, I would say. I, I, to, to coexist at once, that's just, it's just a little bit much. But yeah, you're going right. to have fearful moments. Right. You're going to have fearless moments. So as, Your as goal a listener, is just to have one more than the other. <laughs> as a listener, they, they shouldn't expect that when they find themselves in a state of fearlessness, that they then rest there forever. It's going to be an ebb and flow back and forth. Oh, yeah. That's why we have books and tools and things of that nature. Right. Right? So we're having a human experience. I tell everyone, one of the things that I talk about uh, when I talk about faith is that faith and fear can't be bedfellows. If your faith is strong enough, then your fear is pushed out of the door. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a constant battle back and forth. Yeah, you And there are moments when you are more fearful and moments when you are more faithful. Oh, I, I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you just need more faith moments than the fearful moments. Amen to that. Hearing you talk about faith and talking about passages from the Bible in itself, it mm-hmm. makes me wonder... What are your conversations with God like? Oh, my gosh. I think they differ every day. Because <laughs> God can handle everything you throw. <laughs> they differ every day. I come to God in the spirit of thanksgiving and a spirit of gratitude. Because um, I know that that definitely just opens up the door for so many more things. Right. Um, but they're different. Sometimes I'm talking to God like, this is my homie. Sometimes <laughs> I'm in just a complete state of just reverence and glory and just honoring the Lord. Um, 
So that's just, it's not like there's a consistent right. pattern to that. It's a, it's a true relationship. Right. And in any true relationship, they're going to see all of who you are that comes to the table. So God gets all of who I am that comes to the table. Even the, even the me that's like, okay, God, what you doing right now? Like, <laughs> what is this about? Like, you have to explain yourself quickly because I, I need to know what's happening. <laughs> so it's, it gets all of me. So you feel like it's okay to go back to God and be like, you know what, I don't think I heard you right. Explain a little bit more. Right? Oh, yeah. How do you do it? Just like how I said, I think you need to explain <laughs> yourself right now, Lord, because this this is some foolishness. So I need to know what this is supposed to mean. If I need to take some time out, I do what you call like a gratitude shift. Like right. if my energy's off, I'll sit down and I'll just open up my gratitude journal and I just get to writing things that I need to be grateful for because I know I need to shift my energy. Right. So um, real, so gratitude journal. So does that mean when you're going through the high part, you're writing down all these things that I have? You, high or low? You just write things you're low. grateful for. Yeah, it's in general. I do this on a daily basis. I write out a gratitude list daily. Um, but I do know if my energy's off, I know I need to shift there real quick. Huh. I, I'm aware of that. What type, and this may be too personal, but what, what type thing goes in your, your gratitude list? No, that's not too personal. Okay, just check it. It can be sometimes it's so general and right. sometimes it's so specific. I may thank God for sanity. I may right. thank God for peace. I may right. thank God for love. Those are the things that I may be grateful for one day. Right. The next day it may be, oh, I was grateful to go over Melanie's house and spend time with her and her children. Nice. So it just depends. Sometimes it's it's as general as that of a right. principle or something that I noticed throughout the day. I may be grateful for those leaves on that tree right outside. I'm right. grateful for the shade because I know it's hot right now. Ooh, so, amen. <laughs> Jesus. So it just depends. Um, yeah, it just depends. Well, the I, reason I, I ask that is because I know, like from being in church, whether you're inside the church or outside the church, there are a ton of people who always love to tell you exactly how to talk to God or exactly how to pray. Mm -hmm. In my entire life, I, I would always hear, when you talk to God, talk in specific terms. Tell God exactly what it is that you want. But in my prayers, I would talk specifically sometimes, but they, they all didn't feel that way. So it's, it's good to hear you talk about this journal and the fact that there are specifics there. But it's also things, like you said, the leaves on the trees, sanity, breath for the day. Mm -hmm. So when, when you pray to God, how do you pray? What do you mean by how? When you're, when you're talking to God, and you talk to him like he's your homie sometimes, probably like he's your father sometimes. In prayer, I definitely do usually start off in just a complete state of reverence and right. thanks. Right. I do. Um, but I do. I, and, but I told you, for me, it's, it's different every day. Um, I do know that my family comes up, of course, consistently. Right. So I'm definitely in prayer about my family, my friends, um, my business, things that are, of course, within reach. There's times where I'm just praying for the world, you know, and world peace and healing and, mm -hmm. and things of that sort. So for me, it's it's definitely a variety. I, I And sometimes when you're talking about like specifics, I will just go and do the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Gotcha. And that'd be what it is. But yeah, for me, it's it's truly a relationship. And in any relationship, do you walk into and say the same thing to your wife every day? Do Not you walk all. into and say the same thing to your husband every day? Not at all. You know? Right. So it's it's a relationship. Cool. So how, I know, I know you do a, a lot, right? Your Instagram page is quite involved. Thank you, but so, I don't think I do a lot right now. Well, it feels like it. I got tired. I was looking, I got so sleepy. I was like, You're Lord, so she silly. got to be tired. 
But one thing that I noticed that you do do a lot of is you're constantly in front of people, mm-hmm. right? And you're mm-hmm. sharing this message. I watched several of your sp- speeches uh, that you've given on YouTube last night and the night before. So one thing that I really love that you do is you, you tend to remain the same throughout, the, throughout all of them. And you have this message that you're driving home. But the question that I have for you is, outside of those moments when you're standing in front of 10, 15, 30, 400 people, how do you communicate this love and this message to people on a one-to-one basis daily? It's no different. Um, I think what you're looking at is like, you're like, okay, I'm driving this message home, mm-hmm. but it's really more so pieces of that right. that somebody would get in a one-on-one situation. Right. When I speak in front of a crowd of what, I don't care if it's 500 to 2,000 to 20,000. Right. I am talking to them like I'm talking to somebody in my living room. (laughs) So it's really pretty much no different. Um, Of course, if I'm talking to somebody one-on-one, I may not be, and I don't, sometimes it depends that I speak the way the DJ spins the party. That makes sense. And it's whatever the energy and the flow of the room is. And I can just keep the party crunk. So that's how I'm talking when I'm on the stage. Gotcha. If I can sense that they need a story that's funny, I'm going to give it to them. If they need a story that's uplifting, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to them. So I'm very sensitive to the needs of the crowd. And if I was one-on-one, I'd be sensitive to the need of the person I'm talking to. I believe in you meet people where they're at. Right. Paying attention to So wherever they're at is where I'm going to meet them. Because nobody is remembering the sermon that didn't apply to them. You're only going to remember stuff that applies to you. Right. So as you talk to people, do you find thematics in what you feel like they may miss or things that might go over their heads in general? Like things that you feel like you need to hammer home on? And if so, what are they? I think that's different for every person. But like I said, I'm very interested and very sensitive to the needs of someone. Right. Um, Because I do believe I'm God's change agent here in the earth. So. I don't want it to be in vain that they're talking to me. Right. So if I have to take my time, I have to take my time. You know, if right. I have to explore a different angle, we have to explore a different angle. Right. Um, my goal is for them to be better after leaving my presence. So whatever that is to get them there, that's my desire. Right. If you had the ability to paint the world in the way you want it to be painted, right, based on the message that you kicked today, what would be different than it is now? What would be the biggest difference, I should ask? In the world? In the entire world. Oh, love. More love? Yes. <laughs> so that's okay. all I can think of is okay. just one answer in that because God is love. So I'm just like love. So how do you define love? Verb and noun. Okay. <laughs> I got you. No, it is. It's a state and it's, it's an action. Right. And I can even, as I'm sitting across from Melanie, she's one. The love was real there. You could, you could feel that. No, but it's. It's both. It's in word and deed. Right. And so what I mean by that is if I'm doing something, she's purchasing. Right. I, I know that she's not saying that she has my back. She's taking action. Right. That she actually has my back in something. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, Melanie, I, I want to I ask you a, a quick question. <laughs> sure. If you, same question, basically. If you could take all the practices and preaching that Arian does and you could apply it to the world, and it couldn't look like love, what would it look like? Who said I was um, preaching? Lord have mercy. God. Hey, when, when we say... open our mouth and we have a good message, that's always preaching to me. Okay. Preaching is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I think that if, if I can't use love 
Um, it is. You actually got the harder question. It's, I'm sorry. it's fine, but I, like knowing Arian, it's like she. I don't want to. I don't want to say hustle because that's too easy. <laughs> but the hard work and the like, like never stopping. Right. The hard work is what what I think a lot of people are missing. It's like there's always an artist who could spend all day in a studio, right. but not focus on how to grow their business and marketing. It's like, it's a it's a total package. And it's the energy that I see come through Arian that the world, pro- the world needs because mm-hmm. you have an idea, but you don't see it through. I've been trying to do this for the last 10 years and here she is and she's doing it. And right. she might take a small step, or she might go go all the way, um, but I think that that's what I see is missing in a lot of people in my peers and throughout the world. It's like don't have an idea, actually do some action on it and do it. I like that. So, bouncing off of that question, action. People always talk about what it is that they want to do, and they actually talk about action, but taking action is very, very different. So. Your book is geared toward female entrepreneurs, correct? It is. Right. But it's any woman creator, but you're right. It's with the female entrepreneur in mind. Right. It's all, it's all good. So as Melanie talks about taking that action, what do you recommend as a strong first step that can be successful to keep pushing that? Because, you know, success breeds success. You succeed once and then you want to keep yeah. going, right? So what does that first step in action look like to you? And honestly, that step is just different for every person. Right. But what you said is what's key. Because somebody asked me that question like the other day. And I said, honestly, you just need a first step. Right. True. And it doesn't have to be a specific first step. Because what that first step for somebody, for you, for Mel, for whoever, it may look so- something different. Right. But it's, there's, there's a power of momentum. Right. And the second you begin something and you're starting to take action, doors start to open in alignment right. with what you're walking in. Mm-hmm. So once you start to take that step and the step is completed, you will notice there's something else lingering in the atmosphere that's in alignment with what you're working on. Right. And then now you're at a place where, okay, this is the second step. Right. And then now there's the third step because there's a power of momentum that's going to start to open up on your behalf. Right. Mm-hmm. So an important follow-up to that then is as they get moving, right, and that very first step, whether it's weight loss or repairing your credit, or starting your business, once you take that first step and you find that level of success and you're inspired to take steps two and steps three, eventually you will take a step back, right? Eventually something's going to happen and it's going to slow you down. How do you recommend people, and I know this is not a holistic answer, but how do you re- recommend people find that energy and re-engage? How do they overcome the failures that happen along the way? Mm. If that was an easy question, Lord, the world would be a different place, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> it would be. Um, and honestly, my, my answer to that is more so a shift in perspective. So like the gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Not even yet. That is always one. That always shifts my energy. The uh-huh. gratitude journal is definitely great. What I mean by a shift in perspective is it only looks like a failure because you're thinking it looks like a failure. Mm, okay. And that's what I mean by like a shift in perspective. Right. Because um, there's probably someone looking at you like, man, she is doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's your perception of right. it. Because did somebody actually come up to you and say, this failed? No. Right. Like, think internal. about that. Right. That's nobody's walking up to anybody saying, this failed. Like, no, that's what you're thinking. Right. And that was even why I would say I probably gave up on my first business with the right. boutique she's talking about. I'll right. say the first business, like a legit business. Right. 
I just didn't have patience. Mm. I was young in business. And, you know, some days you're like, oh, we got money. Some days we don't. I'm like, well, what is this? Not knowing I didn't have the maturity at the time. Just know that business works in cycles that you're in. That's very you just, true. You don't know month to month. Like, I'd be like, I want to know next month what we're bringing in. Like, of course, over through time, you get different metrics and measures where you can have different gauges. Right. But you don't know that exact number to the penny. Right. So I wasn't aware. And I was just, I kept thinking I was failing. And I wasn't failing. I just wasn't patient. Right. So that's why I said some of that is just nobody stops and they're just like, you're failing. No. So that's a very good point. It, it is so typically often, internal. It's, um, it's, a, it's more so you just need to pivot. I know um, I was just doing an interview on stage with one of my girlfriends, and she has a very successful book, New York Times bestseller, that went on to become a brand of itself. But at the time, she was dealing with a company that had experienced massive growth. Right. Um, some people may have even said it failed. She had to basically bankrupt it and sell it. But from that, there was something still lingering there that she was able to take this New York Times bestselling book right. and grow this into a complete platform and community for women. Right. So when you take inventory of what you have, you can always find success in something. Right. And mm-hmm. we go to the grocery store and it happens all the time. We end up buying something that we actually already had. Mm-hmm. And it's just because we just didn't take inventory. I got two gallons of almond milk on my refrigerator <laughs> right That's now. That's my point. We talked about that earlier. Two mm-hmm. gallons right That's now. That's my point. You just didn't take inventory. And my wife, When you sit and know. take the time to take inventory, <laughs> you will spend less and realize that you actually had it all along. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell that person to take inventory and shift their perspective. Yeah. And one question for you is, as I've read your book, there's a lot of women that are highlighted in business. Oh, yeah. How do you feel mentorship and using other stories of failure and growth and, and, and success, how, how much has that helped you in your journey? Well, the reason why I included that, and then for the sake of the book, I did include women, but I'll get up and read anybody's story, man right. or woman, because mm-hmm. um, the book is based upon my morning routine. Mm-hmm. So I always love a good story. And of course it does. It lets you know if they can do it, you can do it too. So that's pretty much where that comes from. I do think mentorship is important. Um, but right now information is at such a high um, level of accessibility right. that anybody can go read upon anybody. You don't have to necessarily have that up-close relationship. Don't get me wrong. I'm a relationship person. I have right. mentors that I can call and, and touch and I'm grateful but in the event that's not the case, you can read somebody's story and it can just set you on fire for the whole year. And you're just like, whoa, True story. what? Mm-hmm. True story. So, yeah, I, I think that's important to digest that type of content, right. um, you know, as you're pursuing things. But Melanie, I think that was a really, really good point. One I, I didn't think to bring up, but I want to I dig into that a little bit further. Mentorship, right? In the black community, not even the black community, in any community, mentorship is important but also going about mentorship the right way is important. So how do you suggest someone develop a mentor? Because I, I know what happens in a is, physical relationship. Right, right, physically. Um, I, I, I know a lot I of people just jump out. I get that all the time, out. and I'm just like, oh, gosh. Like, will you be my mentor? Right. And no. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't mean it. Well, there's a capacity but you have, issue, you too. Yeah. Your <laughs> like, time I don't mean and it yourself. to be that hard. Right. Because like you just said, there is a capacity authentic. issue. And so I need you to, right. like she said, it needs to be authentic and organic. The people right. who have taken me under their wing, 
So I'll say this. One, I didn't choose them. They right. actually chose me. Right. That's a so great point. So I always tell people, be excellent in what you're doing because somebody's going to take notice. So that's the first thing. You don't need to come from, oh, my gosh, I need help. Because the second I ask you what you got going on, if you don't have nothing going on, there's nothing for me to foster here. Right. So, and I shouldn't say no that harsh because it's not like that. There are people that I will take time out, of course, too. But like she said, there is a capacity issue. (laughs) We're all doing our lives. But people also need to know that if they sow into you that you're good ground and you're going to do the work Mm -hmm. and they're going to see the results. Right. So one of our advisors, which I also call him a mentor um, for the fund, he had a discussion with me about it and, and getting into the fund and whatnot. And then I came back to him, I think maybe four or five months later, and I reported all the progress that I had made and where things were at and where we were at in the legal filings. And he said, oh, you're a good mentee. I said, what do you mean I'm a good mentee? <laughs> I said, I, I guess I know what you mean. I said, because you had a conversation with me and I literally applied all of the advice. Right. And I didn't just take it and walk with it. I ran with it. So he was just like, okay, I can keep you around. So basically, if you have a conversation with somebody that you look up to that's offering that kind of information, execute on what they're saying and then get back to them. Right. Because then at that point, it's rewarding for them. Right. You're proving Mm -hmm. out the value. Because they're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. they listened to what I said and they ran with it. And I, I experienced that honestly with a peer recently. He actually has like a barbershop network. And we were, I was just in the nail salon one day and I ran down like what I would do for like a, a one-on-one coaching session. And he took everything and did his conference and made $200,000. And I said, well, Sam, I guess I could sit here and talk to you anytime. Because he, <laughs> he said, I followed these things to a T. He wrote them all out. I mean, he did. And I was just like, so this is what I'm talking about. So if you can just get a glimpse of the advice, and even if it's not mm-hmm. up close, a lot of people now are giving advice on social. You see Gary Vee gets up almost every day and he's yep. saying, do something, do this, do that. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurs are definitely sharing it free advice. Right. And if you can say, hey, I heard you say this, I applied this, these were the results. Yep. I think that's probably your first entry. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and by the way, I want to say like, I love the way that you said no. Um, I, I think... So I'll, I'll relate back to the episode we did with Dr. Joy from Therapy for Black Girls. The first and her entire message was boundaries and protecting your time. Um, mm-hmm. And, and her, her rationale was as a person, and in her case, as a black woman, you cannot help anyone if you can't help yourself. If you don't have the time oh, yeah. to focus on mm-hmm. yourself. And she's, she was a very big proponent of setting boundaries because if you set boundaries, you can help the people you help better and create more helpers. So like, I that love that. That is so true. And, and listeners, I, one thing I want to make sure that I, I hammer home with you is a few of the points that she made, which is mentors are not just the successful people in your neighborhood or your community that you walk up and ask to teach you. It's the people that you build organic, natural relationships with. And then you prove the value to them that you're bringing from the standpoint of they give you information, take it act on it, document it, and show them results so they can feel good about the work that they've done in you and then reciprocate that. Because um, relationships that. have to be win-win. Absolutely. And so often when people make that request, it's because they want you to give them something. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're able to go back and show them what you've done, now we're in relationship. Right. We have something of, of equal value. We have something of exchange here. We're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I've got one question left that I want to ask. But before I do, Melanie, do you have anything that you want to say or bring up about Miss Arian Simone today? Mm, 
without making her cry. No, I won't. Um, this is a this is not related, but what was the last thing you cooked? What was the last thing I cooked this morning? I know, but what <laughs> was she, it? She, she looked cook. a little nervous. Hold on. No, I what? Didn't cook. Okay, That's just what, what that. was it? I'll tell and you did you was. bring me some? No, <laughs> no, because I cook, cook. I love cooking said, for me. Cook, is, cook. Yeah, so do I. I can she I can appreciate too. it. We love to. We be on hospitality. So. Right. <laughs> right. I'm almost willing to bet I could take each one of you all down in the kitchen. I don't think so. Why we both throw that hands? Hey. I was like, I don't think so. I'm just, I'm just putting it out no, I, there. I'm I, just, I'm just putting I, it out. I just there. cooked a spinach <laughs> egg omelet this morning, but it was delicious. It was definitely delicious. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's nothing wrong good. With that's that. good. All right. So the last question, serious question, but mm-hmm. delivered in kind of a fun way. So you're positioned for the ultimate media takeover, right? That means for a full 60 seconds, every single media device and platform, social media, any type media, is yours. They feed directly for you for 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to anyone. You can turn off any audience and turn on any audience. So the question is, who's the audience that you talk to? And what's the message? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would like to talk to our black men. All right. Mm. Black mm. men. Mm. <laughs> Please talk to them. She said, Black men get in trouble on this podcast. Mess. No, Black men get in trouble so much on this podcast. No, it's not even a matter of trouble. It's more so just to share love. And the reason why is because I feel like this women's movement, and don't get me wrong, I'm here for it, but I just feel like our Black men are just being kind of like lost in the shuffle here. I agree. Um, agree. Even Mm -hmm. with what we're doing coming up, I would say like my 2020 vision for Fearless is so different because it's incorporating kids, it's incorporating men, it's incorporating teens, collegiates. I was like, I've got to make this thing more holistic. So that's what it is, just letting black men know that they're valued, they're loved, they're appreciative, and we're still here to serve them. So, black men, you got called to the carpet for a good reason this time. We we still okay today. (laughs) We're still okay. Okay, We we are hard because I have a lot of expectation from black men because I am a black man. So we we hammer on on ourselves here sometimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that's all I got. Okay, Doug. I appreciate having you. Uh, you want to say anything, ma'am? No, I, it's great to see you, and I'm glad that you were able to make the time to come and join us today. Absolutely. And I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And Erin, we love to turn the mic over to our guest for the last words. If there's anything that you haven't said that you want to say to the listeners, please just take a few moments, reshare your content information, which, by the way, will oh. be in the episode description for you. You can but. find me anywhere on social media, on all platforms, at Arian Simone. Um, that's just like the easy way. I have more than one handle. It'll she take got a at least like four on Instagram. He's telling the truth. So that's why if you just come to at Arian Simone, you can get to any of them from there. One thing, it's actually none of, none of, it's not any of my quotes or none of my material, but I read something one of my girlfriends, Nicole, um, had said the other day. And her post said, if I don't take the chance, then I won't have the choice. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. And I said that, and I reposted, I said, this is so true. I said, people realize a there's, a, there's a level of risk that you're going to have to take in order to have the reward that you're looking for. I love that. Cool. Well, while Black, that's all we got for you. Peace. <laughs>